Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hello, everyone. It's Wednesday. As you know, my favorite day of the week. And we have a great show for you today. The I'm going to give you part two about the testers and tempters. And we're also going to do a second healing on Angie, who I did the first one on her last week. I'll review for those of you who are listening for the first time and haven't listened to last week. I will review for you so you'll know when I get to that part what's going on with Angie. And there's a little bit of feedback that I want to give you, and so it's going to be great. Now, I do want to give some news. My T-Radio V show that, that plays that I do live on Tuesdays from 11 to 11.50 every Tuesday in the morning Pacific time, It's I just did my fifth show, and it's getting a little smoother. That's the good news. Things are great. The guests are great. I'm learning how to be a host slowly but surely. I still have a lot to learn, but I'm not so nervous and and concerned and worried that I'm going to, you know, not meet meet the challenge in the ways that I'm hoping to meet it. I really am enjoying it now. I was always enjoying it, but I'm enjoying it even more because I've been working hard, as you can imagine, on any kind of nerves or anxiety or worries or concerns, and so I'm approaching each show now with just looking forward to it without the sort of niggling going on. I'll have a little bit of nerves maybe here or there, but it's just so much less than when I first started, so it's very exciting this working on these. These issues are doing the neutralizing. It's beyond fascinating and I, fabulous. And I also, of course, work on empowering the divine host within me, okay, because this is all new. Uh, as I think I mentioned last week, I'm also producing a show, which I've never done anything like that. And it simply means that I'm responsible for finding the guests making sure that we're on the same page, that they know where to go, that, that somebody has a place to park. You know, it's all those little details. I'm working with the tech people, and the tech people are great. The studio is great, but I'm, I'm a newbie. Sometimes I don't even think to ask something, so the tech people don't think to say anything. So it's developing knowledge and understanding, communication, and all of that. And I just find it very exciting to be doing this whole new learning curve. I probably don't have but one or two live listeners. I do know I have at least one. She's so great. She emails me after every show and tells me, oh, well, that this you're getting better and better or whatever she says, but there's one thing here or something there. And so she gives me these little pointers, which I'm so thrilled about. Now, I am posting them on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, the Higher Self Voice. I think it's Higher Self Voice. There's a Janet Richmond. We'll try either one. You'll find me somewhere. And they are edited, so things are taken out that aren't necessary uh, for whatever reason in the show. And the so you have them there, and they are 
visual. It's a, they're videoed. It's videoed radio, and it is streamed live over the Internet. It goes out globally. So I think you'll enjoy the show. You know, try one or two. Everybody's different. I'm trying to show that this work works for no matter who you are, that all of us, no matter what walk of life we come from, can benefit from the work. And it isn't a teaching show like this one. I really teach a lot on this show, and I have for six years. I teach through my books and through my meetup groups, my workshops. There's many ways I spread information, but this show is much more experiential. Of course, I try to get to know the person who is on the show with me, the guest. I try to share who they are with the audience, and then I do a very short, usually somewhat simple um, healing, or now I'm moving more, more away from healing toward working to help the person expand and grow into something that they really want to develop in their life. So I just encourage you to to try it out from time to time and see how it goes. And any feedback, of course, is really appreciated. It is, as I said, a local show. I, I go to Hollywood, a studio in Hollywood to do it. It's really kind of fun. No parking in Hollywood, though, just let me tell you. Uh, Luckily, I do get a spot behind the studio, but when I have several people coming and we need more than one spot, I've discovered the very closest public parking area is almost a mile away. So I don't mind walking a mile, so I would get the spot to my guests. But in any case, it's Hollywood, so no one wants to complain. It's exciting to be in Hollywood. Anyway, the show is great. Now, I do want to remind you, because I never think to do this, of my website. I actually have three, JanetRichmond.com, HigherSelfVoice.com. Now, those are actually the same website. Then I have JanetRichmond.net, okay? JanetRichmond.net, and that one is more oriented toward the media. I'm not always good about keeping everything up to date. My assistant is great. She works very hard, so sometimes we put that on the back burner and we get kind of behind. So you might find some old things on there. Please disregard. Just understand that you know we're doing the best we can to keep everything up to date. And I do want to mention my two books. Uh, and I just won an award for my second book. I mentioned that I, on a whim, really, I just saw it was only going to cost me $75, and I thought, wow, I'm going to enter this contest. It can't hurt. It was a book, it's a book through the Jenkins Group. It's for e-literature. It's called e-lit awards group, and they, the contest is open to those self, who self-publish their books, and so that's the contest I entered, and they have, they have, they have dozens of categories, and I put mine in the New Age category, New Age uh, Mind, Body, Soul, and Spirit category, and I won the gold medal. And at first, I thought it was kind of a joke, I thought, because I got this certificate in the mail, and I was sort of thinking, you know, when your kid is is young and is in baseball or soccer or something, all the kids on the team get a little trophy. I was thinking that I was getting some sort of, you know, beautiful sheet of paper saying that I was part of the group and thank you very much for entering the contest. Well, it turned out I had actually won the gold medal. <laughs> I was just, you know, 
stunned it was something great that came out of left field. Often we think of bad things that come out of left field. Well, this is a good thing. Anyway, so that book is Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. And my first book, of course, is Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints. That book I'm in the process of getting copy edited. I never did get it copy edited. I was such a newbie. I didn't know the difference between a regular editor and a copy editor. So I am getting this copy edited. And when that's done, it'll have to be formatted and then everything will be updated. Uh, I'll have a new print book available. Not that anyone who already has the book needs to get a new book. It's not like that. It's not that bad. But over the years, I've just noticed for various reasons, a lot of typos and silly things like that. And I think it's distracting for the readers. And that book is going to be around for a long time. It's very important. And, and it comes up every time I publish a new book, which I will be doing every couple of years for sure. I can't imagine stopping. I, I, as you know, I already have my third book planned. I haven't started writing it because this video radio show has taken up so much of my time because it's been so much to learn. But that is beginning to ease out and beginning to get into a flow. Yes, it's more time, but, but not as much time as it was when I was starting at scratch. So anyway, I will, I'm hoping this fall to really get my teeth into starting this third book because it's going to be fabulous. It's really going to be fabulous. I'm just so excited. I know I keep raving about it, and I shouldn't because then you'll be disappointed when you see it. But really, I don't think so. There's no way. It's just too fun. It's a truth. It's a story. It's it's a story, but a true story. And really, really interesting. I think you're going to love it. Beth Jane and company, and I know I've told you. So anyway, so that's the scoop. My website, I told you, my email address, Janet at JanetRichmond.com or Janet at HigherSelfVoice.com. It is really an open door for anyone to email me. And Angie, the gal that I worked on last week and I'm going to be working on this week, she took a stab in the dark. She thought I would never answer her. She says in her email, you, you know, there's no, I don't expect the answer or you probably have an assistant. You'll never even see this email and bop, 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 bop. And that was her legitimate concern, and I think it's a legitimate concern for many of you out there. And all I can say is not only did I answer it, I answered it that day, or maybe it was the next day. I can't remember exactly the timing, but within 24 hours, she was in a state of shock. And we've now shared, you know, half a dozen or more emails back and forth, and I'm doing a healing for her. So there is a very big open door on this on my end. Uh, I am very busy with emails. It's a big part of my job, but I take it seriously and encourage people because communication is really a key here. I am a regular person, just like all of you. And if I wanted to reach somebody, I would hope they would respond to me. And so it's just that simple. We do these things because we know it's important. We know it's important. it would be important for us. And it's important for everyone else. So I'm very, very open, very big open door. I can get very busy. I don't always answer within 24 hours, but I do always answer. 
And if you don't hear back from me, it's the one time out of 10,000 that something's dropped off my radar for some reason. I picked it up on the phone and forgot to resave it. So when I get on my emails on the computer where I do the answering, because I'm a fast typer on the computer and slow on the phone, I may, once in a while, I've been known to have it drop off. And I'm so sorry about that. But don't take it as a personal affront, please. Just try me again. Again, it's Janet at HireSouthBoys.com or Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Okay. Now, my books, by the way, you can get on Amazon. By the way, the Kindle version of my book is now fixed. (laughs) It has now been posted, the new version, and it's just so much better. I wish I had known about it months ago when it first came out. I didn't know. I, you know, I got the print book. I saw that. I saw the, they sent me a sample of the print book. I knew it was great. I just assumed they would transfer to Kindle looking great. And I really didn't know. I had no idea. Well, it doesn't, it didn't. It looked horrible. And I just realized, as I probably shared with you before, and now it has been re, I don't know what you call it, reformatted or re-something. And it just looks much, much better. So for those of you that were waiting, because I did announce that it was in process, you can go ahead and get it. And I hope sometime soon, sometime this week, there'll at least be a notice on Amazon, some some information that I did win this award because it's actually pretty exciting, guys. It was, it's not the biggest contest in the world. I don't believe it's global, although maybe it's global, but I don't think it's that big. But the fact of the matter is these are individuals that aren't my friends or clients or people who listen to me on the radio. They're independent parties reading the books um, in each category. You know, they have readers related to each category. And, you know, they chose my book to win the gold medal. Whoa! So that was exciting for me. Okay. So let's get going. I'm just going to get a little water. And I'm going to do Angie feeling the... After I do my part two on the testers and tempters, so let me just kind of do a little bit of review. I want you to realize that the testers and tempters are actual people, just like you and I, that are fifth dimensional with a facade human soul. So they carry the dual soul nature, and they volunteer to assist in the evolutionary mission of helping to accelerate the evolutionary process of the four lower kingdoms, but in specific, the human kingdom, exactly like us. So when the call went out for volunteers, all the volunteers were then asked to choose whether they want to work the side of the light or the teacher, so to speak, or the side of the testers and tempters. Okay, now the primary purpose of these testers and tempters is as individuals move through their evolutionary path, and when they take a step forward, a tester and tempter will come in immediately to make sure that test or that step, excuse me, is on a solid foundation. Evolution is orderly, whether it seems that way or not, because we often think we're taking two steps back, one step forward and two steps back, or even two steps forward and one step back, we feel like sometimes we're going backwards, but that's only our perception. In fact, 
the way it works is there's a very, very good system out there now because we are tested on each step forward. Now, keep in mind that those of you who I'm, for the most part, talking to on the show are fifth dimensional, carrying the dual soul nature, and are working the side up. The, the light path or the teachers, um, I would doubt very seriously that any testers and tempters would be listening to the show. There could be very highly evolved humans listening to the show, and that's great too, because with information and knowledge comes power, and there's going to be help for everyone on the show, no matter where you are. <clears throat> However, a big part of what I do is to bring conscious information, conscious knowledge to those working, carrying that dual soul nature, the fifth dimensionals that are in place carrying the facade human soul. Uh, so we are human souls already come in at the highest level, as you recall. So we aren't taking steps forward, so to speak, where we have to be tested to see if we've grown in our awareness of the, of the uh, human awareness. Now, those of us working the light side of the path do get tested, and that is going to be the subject for next week. How the testers and tempters, how it affects us. Nothing to be afraid of. This information is never to be afraid of. This information brings us knowledge. And as the higher self used to say, ignorance is bliss, but can be very dangerous. With knowledge comes power. So, that's the point. This is not about instilling fear, and I will be talking about that some more in a minute. Okay. Now, these testers and tempters have permission from the divine will aspect of its own frequency. Keep in mind, it has that fifth dimensional dual soul nature. It is coming from the divine will frequency. Uh, it can do anything short of killing somebody or trespassing a free will. So, it can't trespass the free will of the soul, but it's of the soul. We keep this in mind. Our free will is carried at the soul level. Now, this isn't said to, to again, instill any fear. It's to be clear here that it is the soul level that is making the decision, okay? Not the conscious mind. But the testers and tempters cannot trespass the soul level, just like I talk about how I'm working the path of light. And, and I mean, I don't say I'm working the path of light, but you know what I'm saying. I'm here to help. And when I do my healing, if someone doesn't want the healing, I'm not going to force them. I can't force them. I cannot trespass that free will. Cannot do it. What I can do and what I do on occasion is if I feel a resistance or I feel the soul is not interested, I can work on that resistance and sometimes I can break through and the soul will take on the healing or it will move into it more in a more expanded way. Maybe it just takes a little bit, you know, just doing a little bit and I can work. And you've heard me, if you listen to the show, you've heard me work on different people, different situations where there is some resistance or some, uh, you know, skepticism or some uh, blocking, whatever, of the soul I'm working on and I help with that. And then the healing itself expands out and more gets done. So not only can the testers and tempters not trespass, we can't either. Now, 
at the mind level, I want to be clear, at the mind level, the person I'm working on is gung-ho, wants the healing or it wouldn't have been requested. But at the soul level, the soul, for whatever reason, holds back. Now, one reason, that, and I'm just going to mention this just to remind you, one reason that souls hold back often is because there's some sort of safety pattern, safety factor for there's some sort of safety factor for that soul to hold on to the pattern. It's a known entity or it has protected it in some ways. In lives where it might have been relevant, it's no longer relevant in this life. So the resistance or the blocks that souls give aren't necessarily, you know, just being stubborn or something like that. It's their real reason. And so anyway, so the, it's the same for the testers and tempters. They cannot trespass the soul. Okay? Um, now, just like we have aspects in the fifth dimensional realm, we have a, our actual fifth dimensional body and the majority of our soul in the fifth dimensional realm. So do the testers and tempters. They have higher selves, just like we do. There's helpful and impress the souls and do whatever with the testers, with the facade soul of the testers and tempters, just like I higher self do. But it's very important that you fully and completely understand the necessity of the testers and tempters. And the fact that these individuals are working for the same purpose as the children of light or the teachers. We're on the same team, guys. This is a very important concept. It has facilitated in a huge manner, the uh, accelerated the evolutionary process. Not only are we here as working the path of light, giving out that energy 24-7 to help that takes on the flavor of the human body and the human soul that we carry so that the humanities pick up that energy much more quickly because it doesn't seem foreign or scary. It seems very comfortable and normal. But also the testers and tempters are making sure that there isn't sort of rampant up and down chaos where people take a step forward but it isn't really solid and they take two or three more steps and then suddenly they have something and the step after that that forces it that the uh, that it can't make because the foundation three steps earlier is is so weak that the whole house collapses so to speak and so there's not there's not this uh, chaos because the testers and tempters are on it guys now all right so what's the difference really in this reality in fact there's no difference in the fifth dimensional reality. We're all fifth dimensional. There's absolutely no difference. So the only difference is in this reality. Um, now we both have a lot of power. And I don't mean power in the negative sense, guys. It's a power, as I said, the divine power that we carry is always in the highest ideal. It never hurts or harms doesn't trespass, and can't be corrupted. It's the power of the pure soul essence. So we both have it, but remember, the testers and tempters are veiled. They don't know that they have it. They don't tap into it. 
they aren't aware that it exists. It's not part of their consciousness because it is veiled. Now, the interesting thing is that Jane, in, when we were working with Jane many years ago, the Jane of Jane and Company, she used to call the testers and tempters dark lights. The higher selves, the fifth dimensional, she always called light. And then when she started being introduced, because she was introduced uh, through some work that, she, that we were doing with her, she was introduced to the testers and tempters, and she saw them as dark lights. So that's what I'm going to call you. And it reminds me of when there's an eclipse of the sun, the moon, a total eclipse, the moon comes in, covers the sun, but then there's like a corona around it of light. And in a way, you can think of the dark lights like that. They have the pure soul essence. It is there, but it is shielded. They are veiled. They're dark lights. So we both have a lot of power, but guess what? The we as as lights, as the teachers walking the light path, we are not veiled. We have the ability to use that, to become aware of it, and to use it. The dark lights do not. They're veiled. They couldn't do their job if they were constantly aware of the purity and perfection of all souls and were constantly seeing things at this helicopter view. So what they do is it's the facade soul that is working the testers and tempting, the testing and tempting role. And the facade soul is not aware of the light and it doesn't use the divine power when it is doing its work. Can't, it's not aware, it's there. So what does it use? It uses the fourth dimensional energies. It uses the fourth dimensional energies and what does that mean? Well, it means, in fact, that when we, well, you know what the astral is, I hope. Let me review. The astral contains the thoughts of all humanities of all time, since, the, since this planet first housed the humanities. And in fact, there's an astral around every single planet that ever housed humanities, and there is a conglomerate astral throughout the entire universe, known and unknown. But let's just focus on the astral around this planet. When humanities first evolved on this planet, you have to know they were mostly operating out of the animal nature, and the huge resource of the astral is negative, and the testers and tempters know very well how to harness the astral energies. Now, they cannot cross any soul. They can't trespass any soul. But what they do is, if a soul is harboring, whether it's they're conscious of it in this life or not, if any soul is harboring hatred, for example, and they've just taken a step forward in some way, the, the, the testers and tempters can harness that astral energy and empower the hatred that the soul is already carrying under and at the energetic level. And that hatred then is empowered and intensified by the astral energy and the processing, the emotionalizing of hatred 
is could take that soul off its step forward or could distract or what's the term? So challenge the soul in a step forward, it actually didn't actually have that step in its firm foundation, whatever, whatever it is. So that's how the testers and tempters work. They utilize the astral energies. They empower what a soul is already carrying. If the soul doesn't have hatred inside, they can't do anything with the hatred. They might use fear. They might use anger. They might use bigotry. They might use something else, but they take the energies of the astral and empower whatever soul is going through. So the soul then is moving into a highly emotionalized state one way or another. And it often can throw a soul off if the soul hasn't made that step in absolute, an absolute solid way. These testers and tempters can be in body or out, just like we can. Many work without. They use the astral energy. They do not need to be in person. Maybe, and they don't, if they are in body, they don't necessarily have to be terribly bad people, in quotes, or they don't have to look bad. Just remember, they're not in touch with the pure soul essence. They don't know about it, but maybe they just make a lot of money and they use people. Maybe they, they go out and they try to use people and tempt people with money not to do the, quote unquote, right thing or the thing in the highest ideal, or whatever, if someone has just decided that they're going to move into a life of uh, honesty, I think I've used this example before, <laughs> if they're going to move into a life of honesty, and then suddenly a tester comes in with a lot of money and says, hey, can you, you know, tries to give them a bribe, maybe the, the, the individual who's being tested might think, oh, just one more time, I'll take a bribe just one more time. And that's the kind of thing that that's the way a tester and tempter would, would work. They would send in, they would trigger, the offer of a bribe would trigger that temptation within the individual to move off its decision to move into a life of total honesty or however you want to term it. And it would trigger the opportunity for that soul to either agree to take the bribe or not. Okay, that's a, a, a simple, simple explanation. But I think you understand what I mean. So it can be a person literally in body that can tempt in that kind of way. They can use the astral energies. They can do a lot of things. They also use masqueraders. And the, that I'm not going to discuss today. That is a big topic, and it actually is going to be a big part of my book, um, the next one, Jane and Company. And that's why all of this about the testers and tempters and use of the uh, masqueraders and all of that is going to be coming out in that book. I may talk about it down the line, but in any case, I do want you to understand that this is a very, very, very important part of the evolutionary process and the testers and tempters and the teachers so the path of the light and the path of the dark now the dark again is not bad it is simply veiled it is the testers and tempters 
<clears throat> are the dark lights because their pure soul essence has been veiled to enable them to do the job. Because if they were fully connected, it would be very difficult for them. Now, they do have some advantages. Um, one, they there is so much negativity out there in the astral. And because we've all lived through so many different types of lives, we, we all, all the humanities, carry to more negativity than, than positive. It's just, that's just the way it is. So, we, so they have the advantages is that it's easy for us to move into the negative thinking. And it's easy for the testers and tempters to, to utilize astral energy. There's plenty of negative astral energy, all the thoughts of the humanities of all time to empower and intensify our negative thinking and get us into a mode of negative thinking. And this kind of negative thinking can really take us off the mark. It can really affect all of us. And again, next week I'm going to talk about how it affects the fifth dimensionals working the path of light, the teachers, uh, I, there, it, it does affect us, and I do need to talk about it next week, but I'm not going to talk about it today. So in general, what I'm talking about today is really the individuals, the humans that are really working hard to move forward in their evolutionary process. Okay. Um, now, okay, so the thing is, because we have, we have an advantage, we have an advantage too, because we are aware of the pure soul essence, because we know how to use it, we have access to that help. The testers and tempters really only have access to the fourth dimensional energies, the thought energies that are in the astral and that are carried within, and the emotional energies that are carried within the energetic bodies of all of us. They only have access to those fourth dimensional energies. Well, you have to know that the pure soul essence, the divine energies that we, we know about, that we utilize, are, you know, it's like the fourth dimensional thought energy is like matches or tiny little twigs and are dissolved so easily by the divine energies. So the divine energies carry so much more power that we, that's our advantage, that we have awareness of it. So we, we also have an advantage. So it's, and it's not really a conflict, but I'm trying to get you to understand the differences between the testers and tempters we're on and, and us, those, the teachers, the, those working the path of light, the teachers and those working the path of dark, the testers and tempters. And again, dark isn't bad. It means veiled. Okay, they're veiled from the pure soul essence. So we each come in with slightly different approaches, but we're on the same team. All right, we're not trying to, there's never a reason to instill fear, uh, but fear intensifies what you feel. Not but, because fear intensifies what we feel, but it's important for everybody to understand we have to, we want to understand now because we want to lay any kind of future problems. Uh, we want to, we're going to be working side by side with the testers and tempters with the 
light comes the darkness. So as the light goes up, so does the darkness. Because the minute, because we're in there spreading the light, we have the pure soul essence giving out uh, the true soul essence, giving out the sort of electric type energy that is magnetically absorbed by the humanities around us, and implanted or moved into the soul banks of humanities, and they are trying then, they're at the human soul level, trying to match the higher frequency that we've been given out, giving out. And with that reach to moving up in the evolutionary frequency levels, humanities come to new understanding, new uh, insights, and make the journey into more conscious awareness. And every time they take that step forward, in comes the dark. So with the light comes the equal amount of darkness. It goes hand in hand. We're working as a team. Now, when, I mean, right now, there are many, millions, those working the path of light, and there are millions work, working the path of the tester and tempters, okay? Why? Because it's the dawning of the new age infusion. And I don't know when exactly it's coming in, in months, a year, three, five years, ten years, I don't know. But it is gearing up big time. And whenever there is a, an infusion of any kind of new evolutionary concept, like the Egyptian concept, the Lemurian concept, the Atlantean concept, the higher heart consciousness concept. Whenever there's new infusion, at that point in time, many fifth dimensionals carrying the dual soul nature incarnate on that planet to be working together as a team to help the humanities take those steps forward. Because when there's an infusion of any new age, it means a great increase of frequency on the planet. Now, of course, you know, because I've talked about it many times, the increase of frequency anyway because of the evolutionary thrust where the originating source itself is preparing to or gearing up, so to speak, to take a giant leap forward in evolution. And because we're all aspects of the originating source, we're all expressions of the originating source, all of us, every single soul is being carried forward at in, an increased speed. But on this planet itself, in addition to that, the planet is moving up in its frequency because of the dawning of the new age infusion. It is upon us, okay? And the higher self used to talk about this in Joan's group, but it was always 20, 30 years out. It was out of ways, and Joan didn't know exactly either. There was never any information about exactly when it was coming in, but it is coming in, and even 30 years ago, we were prepping for it. So now, the prep is really important, and part of it is, and that's the reason why this information needed to come out to you all. And I was very nervous about it, because I'm so hesitant about anything that can feed fear or feed judgment. There's just so much judgment around the planet, and I'm trying very hard to bring understanding, to bring that helicopter viewpoint to everyone rather than feeding fear or judgment. So it was, it was a difficult thing for me to do, and that's why you find me repeating over and over again that we're working as a team, and it's not about fear, it's about knowledge and understanding. But anyway... We are moving into the dawning of the New Age infusion, and 
So there are many millions carrying the dual soul nature on the planet. We're working as a team. There are many individual souls, many, many souls that are here, the human souls, the true humans, that are here to take some big steps forward. They have chosen to be here to take those big steps forward. And we're here to help them, okay? So whether we're in body or not, there's, there's plenty of help going on. Okay, now in the olden days, within temple patterns, the testers and tempters would harness the astral energies and match the, the thoughts that are carried within the, the initiate, so to speak. Now, the initiates, and, and the higher self used to call them the demons of the mind. You've heard me use that term. Again, it isn't a real demon. It's the fears or the doubts or the hatred or the anger or the uh, whatever that the initiates would carry from their journey through, through their evolutionary journey that they've taken on lifetime over lifetime. So just as a simple description, they call them the demons of the mind because if they get activated, they can pull us away. When we emotionalize anything, whether it's grief, fear, anxiety, hatred, anger, rage, whatever, these things pull us right out of our awareness, our thinking clearly and logically. We're just wholly stuck in the emotionalizing. And so it is those demons of the mind, so to speak, that when you're an initiate in a temple pattern are going to be empowered and enhanced by the loose, by the testers that the, so that the initiates can, they're tested. All right, so what happens is back in the, those days where we had the temple patterns, an initiate would move into darkness within a temple, complete darkness. And in that darkness, they had to be aware. They had to connect with the fact that they are light because when they're in that darkness, any, quote, demons of the mind, any fears, any anxieties, anything that they're carrying is going to be empowered by the testers and testers, completely empowered. So, the, if the initiate was able to move into the awareness that the initiate is the light and the darkness is just really symbolic because the minute they realize their light, they can neutralize and dissolve those demons of the mind, then they successfully make the step forward in that initiation pattern. Now, As they neutralize whatever those things are, as I've told you, when we neutralize, it, it, it not only does the light neutralize it, but once it's neutral, the light absorbs the neutral energy and it, the energy then becomes more light. So you not only are neutralizing the demons of the mind, you're also enhancing and empowering your own light. So it's a dual process and it's, it's a good one. So... Um, In the new age now on this planet, however, there aren't temple patterns. It is going to be played out. The testing and tempting is going to be played out on the streets, in the cities, in the country, in the wilderness, 
anywhere else on the planet that the humanities live. And darkness, you have to understand, is simply the lack of vision of any individual, the lack of knowing that they are the light. So all individuals, all humans that are here are taking the opportunity to grow, to expand, to move forward in their evolutionary process. And when they're tested and tempted, the journey is taking them to the point where they become more and more aware that they are the light, that they can handle whatever is thrown at them, that they can neutralize it, that they can step forward in their process and move to the next higher frequency. They are going to be tested and tempted. We all are. And again, those carrying the dual soul nature, those of us who are the interplanetaries here with the facade soul, we also have tests uh, in a different sort of way. I'm talking about that next week. But, shoot. In any case, we all have tests. It's different for the humanities. If humanities, if a human, if any individual is unable to find their own light, is unable to be successful in the testing and the tempting that goes on, and it can't take the step forward, and it's unable to move with the planetary increase of frequency. At some point, it will take itself off the planet, lay aside the body, and it will move to another planet. Nothing is lost. Nothing is ever lost. It will move to another planet in, in the next reincarnation that's at the level where it is, and it will allow itself another opportunity to take that movement forward. Of course, many individuals will move forward. Many individuals will will meet the challenges of the testing and tempting and will move forward in their evolutionary process. But because it is the dawning of the new age of fusion, there is a lot of stuff going on, and we watch it around the planet, right? And I'm going to be talking about some specifics about it on this planet down the line. I don't know, maybe in three or four different, you know, after three or four more of these. I'm not sure. It's not permissible in the process for us teachers or for the testers and tempters to, of course, trespass that free will. I say it again. And many of us that are working the path of light that are the teachers, so to speak, and I'm using the terms very loosely because we can teach in a million different ways. Literally by doing artwork, we're infusing our energy into the artwork and the artwork itself then when somebody looks at it is got that electrical fifth dimensional energy that the souls around it will take in. So it's not express overt teaching all the time, and I don't want anyone to misunderstand that, but it's just an easy term to, but I have to keep saying the path of the light, the path of the testers and tempters or whatever. So you understand it's just another way of saying it, but it's not limited to direct teaching like I do, okay? Now, We, when we, we are all here because we want to be of service. The, the, those teachers, those of us who play out the teaching role, we want to be of service. We've chosen to be on the planet this very important time with the uptick, great big uptick in energy, not only in the whole universe, but on this planet too. So we're all here because we want to be of service. Now, why do I talk about this? It's because 
they're going to be people that we deal with on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a monthly basis, whatever it is, that are having a hard time. They are not up to the challenge of the testing and tempting. And we want to jump in and fix it for them. We want to jump in and make it right. It could be a loved one of some sort and a friend or a colleague or something. It could be anything. It could be relative. So we want to jump in. But it is important to know that sometimes we do have to stand aside and allow that individual to find its own way. If, it, if it's getting help from us all the time, if it's we're always facilitating and making it right, then the true test for them is not happening, and it will come up again. So we, we all understand, I think, the term enabling when it comes to people who are addicts of some sort. We, if we cover, help cover up their drinking with a boss or we, and we make up stories or we lie about it, whatever, to help them hide their addiction from whomever. We are, in fact, enabling them, and they never have to face the full-on consequence of their addictive behavior. So the, the whole thing about Alcoholics Anonymous and, and many programs that deal with any kind of addiction is, you know, helping us understand that enabling doesn't really help. In fact, it sort of slows down the process and progress. And that's what the, the higher selves have said, that sometimes we have to stand back and allow an individual to find its own light, his or her own light, to find his or her, her own way, his or her strength. And until we stand back and allow them to do that, they aren't going to realize hey, they do carry the light, they do have the strength, they have what it takes to meet this kind of challenge. So I can't say for anybody when those times will be. It is going to be a fine line sometimes between helping and maybe crossing the line into enabling. And it's not an easy road, and there is no room here for judgment about how we handle it. We're all going to do the best we can at all times eventually we're going to become more and more aware and more and more in touch with our own pure soul essence and we're going to be finding we're going to be knowing from within more and more what that line is but i do want to give empathy to all of all of you out there because we all are going to be finding ourselves in times where it's really hard to know when to cross a line uh, if we're crossing a line or not. So, um, so that's the end of that information for today. I am now going to be doing the healing on Angie, but I do want to just <laughs> take a slight break just to remind everybody that I'm Janet Richmond. This is the Higher Self Voice on Blog Talk Radio, and I am in a just finished my second in a series about the testers and tempters. This I have been talking about fifth dimensional information since January 6th regarding those fifth dimensionals on the planet that carry a dual phone nature. Both an aspect of the fifth dimensional that they are. These are humans that have graduated into the fifth dimensional realm. They 
then after having their being in that fifth dimensional realm, have returned and an aspect of that their soul, each soul, each individual soul has deintensified down and taken on a facade human soul. If you haven't heard any of my shows on this before, please do listen to, I would start with January 6th. It's really important. And I've been talking about those who are present working the site, the side of the teacher or the, the lighted path to help with the acceleration of the evolutionary process of the humanities and the other three lower kingdoms, mineral, plant, and animals. So we're here for a very important reason. What I just started last week was to talk about the other side of the fifth dimensionals that are here with the facade soul, those who are playing a role of testers and tempters. And I began last week and I did a uh, part today. I really hope that you can all listen to these shows. They are tremendously helpful. Expand your viewpoint about what is happening with your own lives and with the world. It's, trust me, it is, it's, it's enlightening information. It doesn't require you to believe it. The higher self just say, you know, we don't believe just and don't disbelieve. Just stand in the center of neutrality. Listen to the information and process it from within that pure soul essence. See if you resonate with it or not. If you don't, no worries. But I believe those people listening to the show will resonate very strongly with this information. It's very logical. It's very practical. And you're going to find out a lot more about it if you listen to my show. They're archived on my, my website, JanetRichmond.com or HigherSelfVoice.com. I have many on YouTube. And the YouTube ones are, they're good in the sense that I took out, of, there's ones on the fifth dimensional information that start in January. And I believe we have a folder with many of them in there. We don't have all of them up there because once we started with this, video radio show on T Radio V that just started five weeks ago. Once we started with that, we just, we didn't keep up with editing of the radio show and and putting them on YouTube. But there's a lot in there. They're shorter as a result. The healings were taken out uh, of these particular shows. And it's just really, really to your benefit to listen. Now, some people are, they learn by reading, and I don't have a book on this yet. I do have a little bit in both the books, but really stuck more like in the uh, appendix kind of thing. Uh, there's going to be a lot more unfolded in my next book in Jane and Company, but I do get this out on the radio, and you can download it on any MP3 player. Listen to it when you're driving in your car, you're cleaning the house, and you you know you, it's just a mindless activity. Instead of turning on the TV listen to this information. It is extremely helpful and it's logical. It doesn't require any kind of belief. It is not a religion. It is simply information for you. With knowledge comes power. And as I said earlier, the higher self used to say, ignorance is bliss but can be dangerous. Uh, with knowledge comes power. So the, I encourage you to listen. In any case, now we're going to get to Angie and I do believe she's called in so I want to say hello. And the I want to just review briefly her story, and then I'll give you a little bit of feedback that she gave me from last week's healing. 
her story is that her, this is a review, that her mother and father divorced because the mother had an affair, and Angie is the, the daughter of the affair. And after the divorce and, and having the baby out of wedlock and all of that, she, the mother went in, had a lot of mental problems, went into a life of alcoholism, and at age four, Angie was moved into foster care where she was sexually assaulted on a continual basis. Yeah, but when the mom got back on her feet, got out of the rehab places, she got Angie out of foster care a year later and moved from Canada to England at where she was from. And the mom, but the mom's problems actually continued. She had some mental issues. She was in and out of places. Uh, she tried to commit suicide more than once. She uh, self-mutilated in front of Angie and it's all led up to the time where the mom committed suicide in Angie's bedroom. And when Angie woke up, she found the mom. So this is not good. So Angie then went back to Canada to be with her half-sibling, whom she either not met at all or had only met once or twice. So they didn't really know her. And she had a hard time. And she eventually, when she was young, moved ended up with a man who abused her and she had a child with that man. I believe it was a son who had extreme Tourette syndrome. She then moved to another guy and I don't know, I think she married one of them, but it's not, that's not important. But the other guy also beat her. She had a daughter from that guy and the daughter had Down syndrome. So, both of the children now, I believe, are in their, their adults now, 20s or 30s. Uh, Andy, I think, must be in her 40s or 50s. And she's actually in a wheelchair. She's on disability because the beatings did severe, uh, it made, you know, physical, severe physical issues for her. And she's unable to work and she's barely getting by. Now, so she's had depression, anxiety, panic attacks. She's very, very worried about her children because they need constant care. Uh, the, and if something happens to her, there's nobody else that will care for them. And she sent me an email before last week and just taking a stab, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, she just thought, well, maybe, but even though she thought it was unlikely, I would answer, and of course, I did. Not only that, but she found out about me because some somebody gave her my first book, Choices, which she read, and she's now read the second book. And the feedback I got from her after the first healing was she thanked me, of course, and then she said she's been working on herself every day. She feels like she's improving every day, which is great. And... She's very excited, and she said she finally feels like she's stumbled on the right path to wellness, so to speak. And she said also that her daughter, whose name is Angel, by the way, she's the one with Downs, and Angie's been reading both to both her kids the books. And Angel, apparently, is working every day right along with the mother, but in a slightly different way. She's working on shining a light on the dark band around the earth. So the white band can break into it and make the black look gray. Okay. Wow. That's so incredible. 
I don't know if she actually heard about the astral or whether she's just picking it up because she sensed it, but that's what's happening. She's sending the light into the astral band. And this is so powerful and so helpful for all of us because the more we can neutralize the astral, the less the testers and tempters have to use of that very negative energy that the astral carries. There's been a huge amount of work on the astral since I started with Joan Culpepper, and I continue the work uh, on a regular basis, and I think others around the globe do. I, I don't really know what other people do. I just know what, what I'm to do. And I do, too, and some individual healing. Certainly when I have a group healing, I always or I can't say always, but most of the time I move the light into the astral or the higher self just bring it into the astral and I can see it even though I don't always mention it all the time. In any case, I just find it to be so exciting and so thrilling and so happy, Angie, that you and your children are on this road, this journey together because it is going to help in so many ways, so many ways. She says that... um, She's able now to make plans for the next day rather than just to focus on how her body feels. Now, how exciting is that, that you feel good enough to actually think about the next day in a, in a way that's productive or exciting or joyful or helpful. So I'm very, very happy. I'm very, very happy, Angie. Now, I don't know where the higher self are going to take us. I don't much remember what where they were last week, but I do know that... <laughs> The they're going to be right on top of it, and I did get a little bit of an indication earlier, but I'm gonna I'm not going to say anything. Uh, I'm just going to wait and see how it goes. So anyway, on to the healing, and I would like Angie, and if you're the one listening, and I think it's you, I'd like Angie and anyone else that care to join with this healing, and I hope many of the listeners will whether they're live or listening to the archive. I ask that all of us move into to calm our mind, to take a few deep breaths, and to try to really focus, bring that mind into focus. It is that focus of attention that is so essential. It's the turn-on switch to the divine energies, which we're lucky we know we have, and we know how to use them. This is part of the advantage that we have being the teachers or working the path of light, so to speak. Or it should be not just working the path of light, but working the path, utilizing the light. The testers and tempters are shielded. They don't know to utilize the light. They're not aware of it. It is not in their toolbox, so to speak. So we're working the path to utilize the light. That's what we're doing, and it is exciting, and we're so fortunate in this way. Okay. All right, so Angie, I'm going to talk to you as if you're here because I feel like you are here. I feel like you're listening, and maybe your kids are listening with you. I I don't know, uh, especially for your son, whether this is a possibility, but in any case, uh, they can always listen to the archive show, and then no matter what happens, there won't be, you know, you can just pause the show and, and continue listening uh, whenever it works. So um, so what I would like to do is I would like to have everyone just bring that focus of attention right to the pure soul essence. Let's not, let's not waste any time. We want to focus on that pure soul essence. 
and really, really feel it, sense it, imagine it. Imagine that brilliant light, all that it carries. It's everything the originating source was, is, and is becoming. It is the source of all the power that we carry. Again, this power can't hurt or harm. It can't control or manipulate. It can't trespass. And it is uncorruptible. It is divine in nature. And we want to focus on that pure soul essence. I like to use the symbol of the sun, although I don't need it so much anymore, but I like to suggest the symbol of the sun because it brings us straight to that idea of just how much power this pure soul essence is because the symbol itself represents, I mean, the sun itself is so powerful. So it helps us connect to this intense power that we have, that we carry, that we are aware of, and we know how to use. So we want to focus on that internal brilliant light, that pure soul essence light. We want it to move into and around the totality of the physical body. And Angie, I know you have physical issues, as do most every listener has some physical issues. I would ask that you, right now, before we continue, focus the light of that pure soul essence right into those areas of the body that are troubling that are painful, that are causing problems. We want to bring all the healing, all the repair, all the balance, all the anything that's needed, the rejuvenation, the regeneration that the physical body needs, it can utilize and it will take in as much as possible. Keep in mind, it is the soul that determines what it's going to take in, how quickly and how much. So therefore, we now want the light to move into that energetic baggage, the belief systems we carry, the hurts, the wounds, the misunderstandings, the misinterpretations, the fears, the sorrows, the doubts. We want the light to move into all of that and to begin to neutralize and dissolve anything that stands in the way of our taking in as much of that healing energy into the physical body as possible. So we're asking the light to not to do both simultaneously, which it's more than capable of doing, to neutralize anything and everything that is part of the physical body issues. And it's known and unknown. We can't possibly know everything. And maybe the healing will take me there to try to pick some of that up. I don't know. But I want to continue with the amalgamation. We want the light then to also continue past, symbolically past, the body and the mind, soul mind of the, this, of, of the facade soul and move to become one with the totality of our soul at, from the moment in time we were mineral to the highest, most evolved uh, part of ourselves. And we've all evolved aspects into that sixth dimensional range. So we want to incorporate the totality of our soul process, known and unknown, where there are parts of your soul that I've never shared on the radio. I will get to it when I get to my third book. There's a lot of fascinating information coming into the third book, and it's all going to be relevant because they're individuals real individuals in the book that you're going to come to love, real people, real characters, real 
real everything. It's it's going to be wonderful. But anyway, so the so we're we're becoming beacons of light, and I see you, Angie. You're just this beautiful beacon of light, and this light is really focused on the facade part of your soul. You are too a fifth dimensional, and the carrying the dual soul nature, and you have moved to the place despite all of your issues. The issues themselves, in fact, have helped you move to this place, a place of awareness, a place of wanting to resolve. You, too, are here on the planet using the the planetary energies as an opportunity to clear some of this facade soul stuff. Many of the fifth dimensionals on the planet now have not only are we here to be working with the light, but we're also here to resolve use the opportunity to resolve our own facade issues. So we are here for a dual purpose, as are you. And you're an example of that, as am I, as all of us on the radio. So we all are here to be pioneers, to, to be working with the light, to be the teachers, to be the um, help the humanities in this great opportunity with the dawning of the infusion of the new age. We are here and we're going to be working on ourselves first so that we can then help the humanities. Can't save a drowning man, guys, unless we can swim ourselves. So we need to do it for ourselves first, and that's where you are. And part of I feel joy from you, Angie, because there's a part of you, a big part of you, that really wants this. You are, you've had it with the difficulties you want to move out of that. You want to dissolve the past and be reborn as the phoenix coming out of the ashes. And this is where you are right now. You're in the middle of this process. And it's an exciting one. And I can feel the joy. There's almost a trembling here of joy. So you are standing as everyone, all the listeners are here. Uh, I no longer really bring to the conscious mind the standing around on the rim of the wheel, but but all the listeners are in a circle. We have a tremendous amount of listeners, past, present, and future. They're standing here and have created their own beacon of light by focusing on their pure soul essence. And as part of the soul essence, it's to be understood that the higher selves are part of us. They are part of our fifth dimensional, their fifth dimensional aspects, and they are definitely also present and also helping with the healing. Now, as a group, we're going to move into the symbolic pyramid, uh, strike pyramid, the symbolic diamond, which is two four-sided pyramids base to base. It is not a solid energy field. It is very fluid. It is carrying the totality of the originating source. It has, it's multifaceted. It's multicolored, multi multi-everything, it carries the totality, and we're moving right into the symbolic center of that enormous, it's ginormous pyramid. And this is our way to guarantee the healing will be done at the very highest level, and also it is a way of saying we're cooperating, conscious mind level, saying we're cooperating with the originating source level uh, energies. And we also get to tap into the infinite resource. Not that we don't already carry all that we need, because we do, but hey, 
isn't it nice to have that resource around us? So we're all being held. This is a huge energy field that we've created. And not only are souls, the legions of souls that come in that I've talked to you about, not only are the legions of souls here coming in to partake of the light that we are providing, these are for the most part souls that are unaware that they carry their own light, and, or they may know, but they don't know how to use it, so they are still focused on the external source instead of knowing they have it internally. Not only are we having those legions of souls, but there is one area of the symbolic diamond where I see the testers and tempters have moved in to partake of the light. If you remember last week, I talked about many of us volunteered to be way station, so to speak, because the testers and tempters being shielded from their own pure soul essence, they need nurturing and nourishment from the light from time to time, and they come in and they, for eons of time, some of us have agreed to be way stations to give the light to a tester and tempter. But by creating this field uh, with each show, with each group that I do, the testers and tempters come in and partake of the light that we are providing here. And it is not, they, they do not need to go to a way station, in quotes, uh, to take, partake of the light that they need. So it is a very, um, it's, a, it's a just a very good, very uh, helpful way to be providing light to the souls on whatever level that, that need it. Okay, so, whew. Now I am seeing a platform between Angie and I. We're moving into the healing. And uh, I do see right away Angie coming to the platform, and so are her daughter and her son. I see your daughter on the right-hand side, your son on the left, but it's uh, as I'm looking at you because you're facing me, it's on my left. Your daughter's on my left, and your son is on my right. And so they're here, and I see them very clearly. They're coming in looking as children, but it's simply to help me um, distinguish, I think, them from you. So I'm seeing you right there. You're standing up. You're not in a wheelchair. The, your children on either side of you, it's as if you are very much a, well, there's certainly you're all co-created very much in this together it's as if you're going to be going in this through this journey and this this is very interesting and i absolutely love it for you but i want you to understand that you have co-created this with your kids and they and all three of you have agreed at that soul level to be kind of um, to be the support system for the journey through the difficulties that you three all have in different types different causes but it's as if you, there's a tremendous amount of love here. I'm seeing a tremendous bond between the three of you. And you together have decided that you are going to work on moving through to the other side together. So you do, despite the potential, you know, it's hard. It's not easy. But when, when we have these buddies right at hand, it, it's motivating. It is when one doesn't feel like doing it, the other one can be encouraging. When two don't feel like doing it, the, the, other, the third can be encouraging. Whatever, there can be a tremendous amount of extra time taken by 
working together. And because you're the mother and you love your children, you're going to be wanting to work with them or wanting them to do the work because you want them to get better and vice versa. They, you all love each other. It's very, very, it's just a beautiful bond here. So this, I just want to say right up front that this is great. Now I'm now seeing instead of sort of standing straight across, the three of you now are standing holding hands. So everybody is holding hands with each other. So you're sort of in a triangle and it's, it's just this very, very loving bond. And I'm going to, and what I'm seeing is that the releases are coming from the front of each of you up through the center and out, uh, out, out the top. I don't know how to explain it, but it's as you release through your various chakras, the, the energies, the dark energies that are going to be released out are moving up and out into the light um, up above you. Okay, so you're standing in this triangular circle. And so now I'm going to just start with the releases. So first of all, I want you to understand that you had to manifest the hardships, all three of you, in order to become aware that you're carrying imbalances and hurts and wounds and everything within. You may or may not have heard me say this, Angie, because you haven't, you read my books and I, I don't remember just how, I say it in those books, or um, I think I do, at least in the second one. But in any case, I say it a lot on the radio show. If we came in, we had easy lives, we'd never be motivated to do any work on ourselves. And we have lives like that sometimes. We purposely come in not to trigger any problems or issues we carry, but we need a break. You know, we go on vacation too sometimes. Uh, sometimes we just need healing because we've had some several or many difficult lives. We need healing and we set up a situation where we move into a life where it's going to be a relatively easy life. But when we're ready to work on ourselves, we pick situations and conditions. They're not written in stone, but we pick situations and conditions that will trigger the issues that we carry, the ones we want to heal. That's how we become aware. This is how the soul talks to us because we can't pick up the darn phone, can't text us, can't send us a quick email. So it works to manifest what the plan is. And your plan is with your children, there's a co-creation to really begin some serious healing. And so I want immediately for you all to begin to release the difficulties, the hardships, the pain and the suffering, both physically and emotionally. Now, you all have different patterns because you're manifesting very different things. Uh, of course, your daughter was also sexually abused, as you were, but she has Down syndrome, so she has different issues than, than you and your son, and the son has Tourette's, which you and your daughter don't have. So there's, there are different presentations, there are different uh, things coming up, but there's some very similar underlying patterns. So right now, let's just get to all the pain. I want the pain and the suffering, the, okay. All right, what I'm getting right now, and I'm getting it mostly from your children, but you could have it too, is I'm seeing a lot of bullying. I wouldn't be surprised if they've been bullied a lot. And so I'm seeing this kind of uh, attack from, from without that uh, really, so I want them to release, but they also are bullying themselves. This is what happens is when we don't accept ourselves, 
when we, for some reason, feel that it's our fault or maybe we deserve uh, whatever our problem is, when somebody bullies us, we can go to that place of, well, maybe we deserve it, even if it's not conscious. And I would guess, as a mother, you were sure to teach them that they're no different, that they're as special and beautiful as any other child. However, they wouldn't carry the pattern that they have if they hadn't had it in other lives. So it may not be at the conscious mind, but there, I really want everybody, all of you, to, to let go feeling less than, to let go the idea of not being worthy or that, they des- that in any way, shape, or form, any of you deserve what you're getting. Now, I think that deservability thing came up for you last week. I'm sort of remembering. But let's release it even more that we, you know, because there's part of us that sometimes feel like, well, maybe we deserve this. You know, I was a bad person over there. Maybe I got away with it over there. But um, over here, I'm completely innocent, but I kind of need the punishment from what I did over there. That's the kind of crazy thinking that, that comes up sometimes. Um, and if you haven't had anything like that in this life, it doesn't matter. I want you to release all of that crazy thinking because nobody deserves this. Everybody is, has tremendous worth simply by being alive, simply by being simply by living, having a soul, um, because we all carry that pure soul essence. So I really want this whole idea, okay, 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 okay. Not only is there that, but there's also this idea that you need to be punished. Not only that you deserve the bad thing, but I need to be punished. Um, it goes back to those times where we think we got away for something and we don't, we, we all have, we're all good people underneath and maybe we, and we all have conscious, you know, have a conscience. And so maybe there was something you did, whether it was this life or, or many other lives where we're all done that we didn't feel good about. And then part of ourselves thinks well, we really need to be punished for that. Okay. So I want the whole idea of punishment to be let go of, that we deserve punishment, that uh, punishment is our way to atone. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of that coming out. And I'm seeing both your son and your daughter releasing this, these kind of patterns. There's also a tremendous amount of shame here and uh, just a tremendous amount of shame. Now, I don't remember for you if it came up last week, but that's the big thing that seems to be releasing now from all three of you, the shame when we feel when we when we lack self-worth and self-love, when we feel bad about ourselves, shame is often come hand in hand with that. So we want to release. Uh, I'm asking you all to release the shame, and it's just coming out like rolling waves of dark yuck. Okay, it's just rolling out of all of you. There's a tremendous amount of shame, um, lack of self-acceptance, lack of self-love is all part of this. And I want to activate divine forgiveness for all three of you to move into the spaces symbolically left empty, to continue to help with the release of this, to bring in a sense of self-worth uh, or uh, self-forgiveness. We want to call in divine self-worth and divine self-acceptance as well and divine uh, love so we, we really want all of these energies to be working both sides of the coin, both to help you release and, and have the neutralizing and the dissolving going on and also to begin to empower that self-worth. You all carry it. There is, 
element of self-worth in there, but we want to enhance it with the divine light of self-worth and self-love and self-acceptance and self-forgiveness. Okay, I'm just checking back. You're still doing a lot of releases, and it's just coming out from all three of you and all from very many different chakras and moving up into the light. Now, I want you to call on divine breath and just breathe in the light. Breathe in the light. Breathe in the light. And with every breath and with every, uh, every time you let the breath out, more of this dark yucca stuff is coming out. A lot in the chest area. A lot in the chest area for all three of you. Um, okay, I'm getting uh, an impress to work on the sun. Uh, there is just his throat chakra is completely blocked. Um, I just, it's just, the, the symbol I'm getting is just like this dark area right on the throat. And the, I know Tourette affects the speech pattern, so this probably could be tied to that in some way. So I want the, I want your son, and unfortunately I can't remember his name. I don't know if you gave me his name, in fact. But uh, I know you, your, your daughter is an angel, but your son, I don't believe I have his name. In any case, the, I want him to, and I'm sorry for that, but I'm, I would want you to, to begin to, and maybe the others listening to the show, we can all add some light to help loosen that. It's just like it's a, almost solidified in there. It's almost like he has a big rock right in the center of his throat. And it really distorts. There's a great distortion pattern with the speech. And we all know Tourette's is a distorted, distorted speech pattern, distorted speech patterns. <clears throat> and if he has an extreme case of Tourette's, I can just imagine what the speech is. And so we want to really work on that block and as a matter of fact it feels bigger than the throat um, I'm getting the indication that it's it's definitely a lot of the energetics part of the energetics and we need to really work on it it's just it's pervasive it's more than just the throat it's affecting him on a lot of levels it's affecting him mentally it's affecting him uh, visually it's affecting him at the heart level the chest level I don't know I it could even be giving him things like um, Respiratory problems. Uh, it, this is this is something we need to really um, get to. So I know Angel knows how to use the light. So I'm encouraging Angel to send light to this because she did it with a bit dark band around the earth. Certainly, Angie, you know what to do, and I think your son also knows what to do. And we we want the light, his light, to be literally moving, pulsing from the outside in to completely neutralize and dissolve 360 degrees around this, this element of the speech problem, the, the throat problem, the communication issues. And let me see why we're doing that, if I can pick up any, uh, any of the parts of it, because it's, it's big, it's complicated, it's entwined, it comes from a lot of levels. Well, all I can see, say is there is terror here. Uh, I see a lot of terror because I do see uh, fear for his life. He's spoken out. He's gone outside the box. He said things that the authorities, whatever they were in some past lives, didn't like. 
and he literally uh, had a fight for his life, and he did lose his life, I'd say more than once, many, many times, in fact. And there are different situations, different conditions, different types of lives. But in essence, he, I want to say he's been cut down because of what he's spoken out. He's spoken against the, the, um, the authorities, whatever they were, whether they were the ruling class or the way things were doing it. I actually see that there were times even in the 1700s, I want to say the, uh, the Industrial Revolution. I feel like he was in England or somewhere in Europe during the Industrial Revolution. That's the more, most recent life that I see. A lot of them in other lives where, but I do see even the Industrial Re- Revolution, he was trying to stand up for um, things that the the industrious the industrialists is that the word the leaders of the revolution were ignoring like pollution and and uh, you know the terrible working conditions that the workers had the child labor and all of that kind of thing I feel like he was he was absolutely standing up for some of this and I do feel like in that life he was hounded he could have even been murdered um, yeah. Not good. But more more than that life, they were prior lives where also, so the terror is real. It comes from a lot of uh, lives. He made the, I, I see that he made an erroneous, he had an erroneous viewpoint about the Industrial Revolution. He thought he would try to speak out there. He thought he might really be able to change the tide when he went in, but he miscalculated, so to speak, uh, thinking, oh, nothing can happen to me. It, they're more civilized because he he would compared it with other lives that he had, where you know, killing and murdering and imprisoning and torturing and bearing alive were were normal. Man's inhumanity, man was barely questioned. So the so he was thinking he was not going to have that kind of thing and i think it was almost that industrial revolution life was almost like the straw on the camel's back for him he absolutely just became crushed it was unexpected he he and i don't mean at the conscious mind level i mean that at the soul level he was crushed it was like the straw that broke the camel's back and he just moved into a state of trauma he was so traumatized with it it was on top of these other lives that when he was in between lives he could understand from those societies those cultures viewpoint he could understand why he was so mistreated or killed or imprisoned or tortured or whatever but the industrial revolution he thought okay we're more civilized now well he he was wrong unfortunately, and whatever he did do, and I'm not getting details, I'm not 100% sure it was even on this planet, but I think so. I think so. Um, Yeah. I think he was, and I think he was in uh, somewhere in England England somewhere. I don't know where, and I don't know the exact timing or date of it, but it might have been the 1700s. In any case, he just came out so traumatized. It was as if that life really made a terrifically 
deep imprint on him because it was on top of all these others and it's kind of solidified there. And so we want to send him um, just tremendous nurturing and tremendous love, tremendous understanding, tremendous healing. We want divine energies to move in through and around the totality of that experience for him and very it scarred him very very deeply and he's been afraid just the sheer terror to to put himself in that position again it's the fear that he's going to make an erroneous decision again and step out of the box and offend somebody or threaten somebody just by being different and he's so what he's done is that fear has literally closed down uh, a lot of the communication process for him. doesn't mean he can't talk. I know with Tourette's you can have perfectly normal conversations and, and all of that. But it, he's put himself in a position in this life, and I, I don't know what he's done in other lives because this isn't the next life he's had. He's had more lives in between. But he, um, in this life and these other lives, he put himself in a position where he couldn't go out and open his mouth and be a force, so to speak, uh, of the masses or for the masses. He, he has constrained himself in a way physically that keeps, it, keeps him from doing it. He has a big drive to help, big service commitment. He and your daughter are both are both fifth dimensionals uh, in facade form. So he has a big service commitment. He's just a lovely, lovely, lovely person. I can feel that heart. He is just, oh my gosh, I'm just now the higher selves are are showing me um, this tremendous heart that he has. He is so loving and so caring. And he was really afraid of himself. He's afraid of, of, of getting himself into trouble. So he created a, you know, from his patterns, he made these, from his own belief systems, he's manifesting the restriction on himself that is coming from a place of fear. So we really want this fear to be neutralized. And so that's what I want to do. I want him to, and, and you and Angel to send in as much help as you can. We're activating all the divine lights. We want the, the fear to be neutralized, the terror to be dissolved, the divine courage, the divine uh, understanding, the divine expansion, the divine clarity, um, all of that to be absolutely brought into play right now for him so that as he neutralizes and dissolves the terror, that he will simultaneously be adding and enhancing and building on the, the courage that he does have. And to we want to call in divine freedom because this pattern has really restricted him. Now, there is a sense of caution still. We're not going to get to the totality of the fear because he was so traumatized that he needs to go through a period of adjustment for what he has been releasing, what he has uh, been working to the, the terror underneath here. And again, he may not feel it at the conscious mind level, but at the soul level, it is big. So we want to, we want to allow him some time to adjust, to, uh, to move in 
to the life pattern without that total terror being at the foundation of who he is and how he meets the life every day. He may not know it's there, but it, it, it has been there. So we want that to go through some acclimation period. The higher selves are indicating that we're not going to be able to get to the totality of all the caution he feels because he, he literally has to see how it's going to be different now. Okay, now they're, they're moving me over to Angel, your daughter. And she's a sweetheart, just like you and your son. She has a heart of gold. She is absolutely beautiful. Um, now we know with Down syndrome, okay, what I'm coming to understand with your daughter is that she has a part of herself that doesn't believe that she is as normal as everyone else now she she has okay let me see let me get some of her past lives here let me get some indicators from the higher self she has always seen herself uh, or not always but in many lives as an outsider as someone that didn't fit in in whatever way that she was um, not uh, she was lacking. She saw herself as lacking. And why did she see herself like that? Because those around her pointed that out to her. Because from their viewpoint, she was either not normal or she was lacking in some way. You know, it sort of uh, depended on the life pattern, exactly what that came out. There was a life I see where she was extremely short. Maybe she was, a, you know, a, a little person. I don't know what the correct term is it for it now but in that particular society it was considered someone who'd uh, gotten the the you know carry you know the the eye of the devil or carried the devil or something like that, that that somehow there was some problem with her and so she was avoided because of that and it was just the societal approach to little people and there were very few in that particular society i see her in kind of a village setting so it was not like a big city where you might see quite a few people that were different in some way and i feel like she was the only one there i don't know why she'd be the only one but she did does feel like she's the only one they didn't know what to make of her and it was as if you know somebody put a spell or there was an evil eye or that kind of thing so she had that kind of life but it wasn't just that um i see her in a life of wealth and she eschewed the wealth. She wasn't interested in the status or the standing. Being a fifth dimensional, she had the higher perspective that money wasn't important, that status wasn't important. It was about who she was and what she did. I have to say, she reminds me, and this is actually bringing tears to my eyes, but she reminds me of someone like St. Francis of Assisi where he gave up, he came, was born into a wealthy life. I don't know much about him, but um, he was born into a wealthy life, and he gave it all up to help the poor, help the animals, things like that. And now I'm not espousing that we all give up all of our material things for uh, it's out of balance, as we, as we know from the higher selves, that we need to have 
the spiritual and the material in a state of balance. Uh, either side is out of balance, and and that's really okay. Um, but that's really okay. That's that's a, an aside. But in fact, the heart of St. Francis of Assisi was really unquestionable. Um, and that's what I feel about your daughter, that she was in this very wealthy family, wealthy situation. It feels like nobility or royalty of some manner, maybe not royalty, but certainly nobility. And she, um, she just, at some point, she, you know, she made friends with a stable hand. She made friends with the, the outlying uh, farmers or the laborers, she, she reached out, she, she didn't want to stay in her, she slept under the stars sometimes, she really tried to become a friend of the people, um, and she, she was just seen as such an abnormal kind of person. She didn't have something specific to, in this life, she wasn't a healer, or she wasn't an a oracle or a seer of any kind, she just, that love that she carries was so pronounced. And she went to where she felt it was needed, that she she was a nurturer, she was so loving and so caring, and she was seen as completely abnormal, completely uh, what's wrong with her, you know? And so, because in that society, which was at a relatively low frequency of humanity was in place there, it feels very much like it could have been, you know, in the dark ages kind of thing, where... Uh, this kind of caring for your fellow man, that concept literally wasn't around. Just plain wasn't around. It was all about how can I get more power, more status, more wealth, more territory. It was all about conflict and war and stepping on other people's backs in order to promote ourselves and, and get more power or status or whatever it was. So, in fact, the her behavior was so outrageous in those times, and she took that on. So it's these kind of things that this this daughter of yours, this beautiful girl has has done. And as a result, she's taken on over many of these lives this belief system that in some way she's not normal. And the she is determined, in fact, to find her normal normal normalness, to learn and move into the total acceptance of who she is. And it feels like the downs is something that she chose for herself for two reasons. One, because she believed she was abnormal. Now, I don't want anyone to think that all downs people are like this, okay? This is the journey of this soul, and this is behind her choices. Every single soul that carries Down's syndrome absolutely would be choosing for different reasons. So please don't make any assumptions about anyone else. But for her, there were two things that I see coming into play, and it's probably much more complicated than this, but it's what time I have left on this healing. She, on the one hand, doesn't believe she's normal. So she chose a syndrome that is not is not seen on this planet as normal. She has downs. It's called a syndrome. But on the second reason is that there is also this part of her that knows she is completely normal. And so to be able to be carrying what is considered 
not normal offers her the opportunity to it's a challenge but it's an opportunity to move into full acceptance of the self even though she's quote unquote not normal it is a huge challenge for her and one that I absolutely feel like she can meet and she's in a perfect situation condition with her brother and with her mother the three of you are there together I know you've been helping with her with this and what we want to do is we want we want her to please release the belief system that of her believing that she's not normal, that somehow there's something wrong with her, that there's reason to believe that she's less than, not as good as anybody else. And so I want her to release all this, this sense of she doesn't fit in, the sense of lack of normalcy. I don't know how else to explain it, but that pretty well covers it. And I really want to see her letting go of that. And it's really bringing tears to my eyes because she's just, you know, like your son, like you, just so, so deeply beautiful inside. I can feel that true, true, deep sincerity of motive and and um, purity of just total purity. She's just so pure and so sincere underneath, as is your son, as you are. And so she's just talking to me because I want to empower for all three of you that purity of purpose and sincerity of motive and that absolute knowingness, that self-connection, that self-acceptance, the totality of who you are. It doesn't matter what color hair you have what shape your body's in, what syndrome you have or don't have, what, what illness, disease, you are not, you are not that. It just, those things don't define anyone. There's no definition of who you are, any one of the three of you, of who you are based on what you look like based on your outer reality, based on your, you know, uh, empty checkbook, based on your physical problems, based on your anything, your loneliness, your whatever. There is, it's not a reflection and it is not a description of who you are. Each of you are, carry that purity of purpose and sincerity of motive. Each of you is as equal to any and every soul on the planet simply by being in existence in the in the universe not just the planet from the lowliest grain of sand to the highest most evolved being you all are that and i want you to release all three of you as much as you can and oh my gosh i'm running out of time um all three of you i really want you to release as much as you can related to this feeling less than um not being normal uh, the, any fears, any uh, misconceptions, misinterpretations, and misunderstandings that are part of these patterns that you carry. And I'm just seeing a lot of releases coming out. You're doing really good. And in a way, what I'm seeing is you were all holding hands and your hands were outstretched. But now I feel like you're going into kind of a group hug, the three of you. Now stuff is still being released. It's still moving out. You're not, you're not hampering or slowing that, that, the release uh, at all. And, but, and I'm seeing now 
now the cocoon of energy is literally going around the three of you together because as I said it's as if you co-created this thing to be together to give each other the love and the support and the understanding and to work through and move through the process of the detox of the soul mind cleansing and clear excuse me the, the, the soul mind letting go of of the false beliefs the misunderstandings the limited truth the things that have been holding you stuck for not only this lifetime but for a long long time and i'm seeing you know with a cocoon not only does it help you adjust and acclimate to the healing but i do see it's ongoing the three of you are con- giving permission still uh, to continue with the healing so it is going to be ongoing until the point in time where each of you at the soul level says, well, it's enough for now. Because at some point, the soul is going to say that. It's just part of the process. We've taken eons and eons and eons of time to take on all the energetics. It's not going to, the soul doesn't let it go all at once. No way. It takes time. It has to move through and uh, acclimate to each new in the changes in the frequency and then it, then it becomes ready to do the next level and with you guys working together it's going to be a great movement forward so even though this is the second healing angie and i focus more on your children than you this was very powerful and you did do a lot of releasing during this session so it is it certainly wasn't wasted on you all three of you were releasing so much but please do keep in touch. I don't know if you saw, but I did respond to you before the show, maybe an hour before the show, and, and I do apologize for the late response. But you're on the show, so I'm sure you did get it. But anyway, please feel free to continue to uh, reach out, give me some feedback, let me know what, what's going on with you guys. And down the line, if you if something else is, gets, is a particularly difficult situation coming up in your life I'm so happy to work on you again on the show so you know keep in touch I I, I, you know you're part of the community now you're part of the community so please keep in touch girl okay all right so much love to you and your son and your daughter and so much love to all all of the listeners I'm Janet Richmond. This is the Higher Self Voice. I'm trying to become more professional here. Don't forget to tune in to me every week. I'm on here at the same time. And also my website, higherselfvoice.com. My email, Janet at higherselfvoice.com. And my other website is JanetRichmond.net. Now, I want you to know that we are, and I did say this in the beginning, we aren't so good at keeping them completely up to date with the latest events all the time because we've been so busy. But in any case, I've got all the shows archived in there, and I do have a YouTube channel where a lot of the stuff is also on, and it's edited and it's a little bit shorter or it takes out whatever. So please tune in, tune in to learn more. Got the two books. Okay, guys, don't forget to email me, anybody, please. I'm here next week. We're going to have more on the, the testers and tempters, and I'm going to be talking about how they affect us. We're both fifth dimensional, both sets of the teachers or working with the light versus working without the light. That's a really better description of the those working the path of light and those 
uh, testers and tempters than anything else. So it's those working with the light and those working without the light simply because they are veiled and shielded, the testers and tempters. So you're going to get more how they affect us. We have already moved through the human kingdom. We've already graduated to the uh, fifth dimension. So it isn't about they do affect us, and I'm going to talk about it next week. It isn't about how that we have to come to some higher insight or higher knowledge. We have plenty of unremembered remembrances. We know because the facade soul came in at the highest level frequency level of humans. We know that at some level we came in inexperienced and we take, took on all these same misunderstandings and misconceptions and hurts and wounds that a true human took on and that we took on in our original journey through the human kingdom. So we still have elements that can be affected by the testers and tempters, and I will explain that next week. It's nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be any do any judging on. It's just really important that we all understand because neutralizing is extremely important for us too. And this is another reason. But it is something we can all do. We all know how to use the light. We're those who work with the light. And we can work on the light, work with the light for ourselves, and we can work with the light for others. But we need to start with ourselves, guys can't teach someone how to swim if we if we can't we can't save a drowning man if we don't know how to swim and so that's the, where we are now and it's very important and we're all going to take big strides the energy is really high there's a lot here to help us and with that i'm going to say goodbye have a great week everyone i hope you all have a good good week and i'll see you next wednesday all so much and angie again thank you so much for reaching out okay bye-bye Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.